Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns, doctor of Eastern medicine and holistic fertility expert. In these weekly sessions, I'll be bringing you the best of advice on nutrition, lifestyle, and natural medicine to optimize your fertility. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are going to talk about chocolate today. I feel like it's kind of appropriate heading into the holidays. And, you know, there's you know, so much talk about the benefits of chocolate, not so much about the downsides. And, and I know that a lot of the ladies I see crave chocolate and eat dark chocolate on a regular basis. So I just wanted to cover both sides of the equation and give you, you know, some <laughs> direction on how much or what kind to consume, if any at all. And um, so it's not all bad news. There's definitely, there's definitely good here too. It is an herb. I consider it to be an herb and a food and, you know, something very magical that has benefits, but you know, there's, there's also some issues with it in terms of like the way it interacts with our physiology. So let's get into it. Chocolate has a long and illustrious reputation. It's made from cocoa, which is derived from the beans of the cacao tree, whose scientific name translates to food of the gods. It was used by some of the earliest Mesoamerican cultures as food, medicine, ritual offerings, and perhaps even as currency. It's no less valuable in modern times. The global chocolate market grew by nearly 20% between 2016 and 2021, with an approximate revenue of $980 billion in 2021, according to um, market research. Taste surely plays a role in chocolate's popularity, but you may have also heard that it could be good for your health. So how does this perception stack up against science? That's what I aim to tackle today. According to the USDA, 50 grams of dark chocolate contains 114 milligrams of magnesium, which is about 35% of adult females' recommended daily allowance. Milk chocolate contains about 31 milligrams of magnesium and 50 grams, so only about 16% uh, of the recommended uh, daily allowance. Now, I prescribe magnesium as a supplement to a lot of patients, very healthy for fertility, very healthy for hormonal balance, for sleep, and most women tend to be deficient of it. So I'm a huge fan of magnesium. Maybe don't try to get it all from chocolate, but I also think that the this one and the nutrients I'm going to talk about next or maybe why women crave it so much is because it's rich in two nutrients that are very essential to fertility and hormonal balance and ones that women tend to be deficient of. According to a 2021 study in the Journal of Nutrition, iron deficiency anemia is on the rise. I talk about this a lot in my podcast because I believe that um, borderline or subclinical anemia is um, implicated in cases of unexplained infertility. Uh, dark chocolate is a good source of iron. Uh, a 50 gram serving of dark chocolate contains six milligrams of iron. To put that into perspective, females ages 19 to 50 require 18 milligrams of iron per day and adult males need eight milligrams per day. In a 2019 randomized control trial in, in nutrients, daily dark chocolate intake for 30 days improved cognitive functioning in participants. The researchers attribute this to the mexilxanthines in dark chocolate, which include theobromine and caffeine. So this is one area that I'm like, you know, I know that it contains the nutrients that are really good for hormonal health and fertility and for women who are menstruating, but it's also good for your brain and it can be helpful 
for mood and things. So let's dive a little bit more into this aspect of it. Uh, studies have shown that the main component of chocolate, which is cocoa, causes the brain to release endorphins or feel-good hormones. Your body will release more endorphins and the mo more cocoa there is in your chocolate. Dark chocolate maximizes endorphin release more than milk chocolate, which is creamier. Other neurotransmitter agents connected to chocolate intake include serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. In a study, researchers analyzed how 30 healthy adults' blood and urine stress levels changed after consuming 1.4 ounces or 40 grams of dark chocolate every day for two weeks. And by the way, like it's very accurate to measure stress hormones in urine. That's how we do a lot of um, testing of cortisol. You can also measure it with saliva. Blood and urine samples were taken and examined at the beginning and the end of the two-week trial, and the participants' levels of anxiety were assessed before the study commenced. The results showed that regular consumption of dark chocolate reduced urinary excretion of stress hormones, um, such as cortisol and catecholamines, in patients with high levels of anxiety, indicating a decreased synthesis of these hormones in the body. So it was basically like a decreased output of stress hormones when they were consuming chocolate. According to a study supported by the Alzheimer's Society, the antioxidant epicatechin, which is abundant in cacao, has been found to be said to delay the onset of dementia. There's a discussion on how premenstrual hormone changes can trigger chocolate cravings. The menstrual cycle and chocolate cravings have been subject of numerous investigations. According to a study published in Appetite, American women reported premenstrual chocolate cravings more frequently than Spanish women. Researchers came to the conclusion that cultural factors rather than physiological ones underlie cravings for chocolate, but who knows. In a 2010 study published in Regulatory Peptides, it was concluded that consuming dark chocolate and even just smelling it had a direct effect on gastrointestinal hormones, which control appetite. Hormone indicators of appetite reduction were present in female individuals who consumed or smelled dark chocolate. So basically, it could be used for appetite suppression, which kind of makes sense because I feel like a lot of the women that I see consume like a square of dark chocolate to offset sweet cravings, for example, and that usually satisfies them. So what's in it? Um, flavonoids, which are antioxidants found in certain foods such as tea, berries, leafy vegetables, and wine. Flavonoids have various health benefits, including improved heart health. Since dark chocolate has higher percentage of cacao solids by volume, it's also richer in flavonoids. A 2018 review in the journal, Reviews in, our, in Cardiovascular Medicine, found some promise in improving lipid panels and blood pressure when consuming moderate amounts of dark chocolate every one to two days. However, this and other studies have found mixed results and further research is needed to confirm these potential health benefits. For example, a 2017 randomized control trial in the Journal of American Heart Association found that consuming almonds with dark chocolate or cocoa improved uh, lipid profiles. However, just consuming the chocolate on its own without the almonds did not improve lipid profiles, lipid meaning cholesterol. So it might have heart-healthy benefits. It probably has cognitive benefits. It definitely contains nutrients that are beneficial for female hormones. But let's talk about the other side. So the bad. One recent study reported that higher levels of chocolate consumption might be associated with a one-third reduction in the risk of developing cardiovascular disease. That sounds like great news, but the study authors point out that those benefits would require excessive consumption with the probable side effect of weight gain, a risk factor for hypertension, diabetes, and high cholesterol. 
which increases the chance of clogged arteries and heart attacks, stroke, or other circulatory concerns, especially in smokers. So not so great. And I find this is the case when you read a lot of things online, like, oh, you know, wine's really great for you, or chocolate is really great for you. It has these benefits. Sometimes the quantity that it's required, like, makes it mute because you have the downside. Like, for example, you know, uh, if you're trying to improve heart health, but you're eating chocolate and then it's giving you more acid reflux because it's hard on your GI system, that's a problem or making you more constipated because it's a constipating thing. You know, that's not going to help improve the thing that you're looking to improve, you know, and you know, something like wine, maybe like the very tiniest bit of it could be beneficial for your health. But people are generally drinking far in excess of what's beneficial and it's highly acidic and has sulfites and, you know, there are downsides to that too. So, you know, we always got to, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Like if you're reading one of these articles in like Cosmo or Vogue or, you know, and you're not reading it from somebody who's like really a professional in the area and it's just some, you know, journalist or editor that has done some of their own research, that's a problem. I would always recommend reading literature from clinicians, like people who have not only looked at the research, but have also been in the clinic dealing with patients and observing how the patients tolerate things and what the pros and cons of it are. That's really my point with this podcast. Like I'm a clinician. I've been a clinician for over 20 years. Um, I see patients, you know, most days of the week have been doing so for years. I see a lot of patients. I make recommendations based on previous experience, also based on research. And, you know, if I see something that has not worked for people, then I will inform them of that too. Back to chocolate. Dark chocolate contains more cocoa solids and, and cocoa butter than milk chocolate, but the amount of polyphenols depends on how the chocolate is processed. So it's not necessarily better. So everybody's like, oh, dark chocolate, that's the best one. Yeah. I mean, it has, you know, more of the polyphenols and the antioxidants, but because of the way it's generally processed, that can negate it. So during the manufacturing process, cleaning, fermentation, roasting time, and temperature, as well as quote-unquote dutching or alkalizing, and the addition of extra ingredients to the cocos, like an emulsifier or sugar, for example, can almost completely remove the polyphenols from the dark chocolate. How sad. I see that also with, like, research on coffee. Like, coffee contains, you know, flavonoids or this or that that are, you know, helpful for the health, but when you roast them you're losing a lot. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Like you gotta, you gotta, you know, look a little bit deeper beyond, you know, again, what you read in, in popular media. Over the years, I've been diligently working away at crafting effective herbal blends for a variety of fertility challenges. My newest blend, the egg quality formula has been clinically proven to improve chances of pregnancy in women with low ovarian reserve, poor egg quality, and those of advanced maternal age. It's available for sale at junkjuicemagic.com or naternalife.com or by contacting us at the Naterna Institute at info at Life or DM us on Instagram. And while dark chocolate can have positive effects on your health, a 2022 study by Consumer Reports found that eating dark chocolate every day could be harmful for adults, children, and pregnant people. They tested 28 popular dark chocolate brands and found that 23 of the 28 popular brands contained levels of lead and cadmium that could be dangerous to consume on a daily basis. 
So, you know, as I was going through this, I was like, okay, so it's acidic, it's hard on the digestive system, like this is what I've observed, like, you know, clinically also, but, you know, could it actually be dangerous? And this is where I was like, okay, full stop, uh, heavy metals when you're trying to get pregnant or pregnant are not safe. 23 out of the 28 most popular dark chocolate brands being contaminated with high levels of lead and cadmium is very, very scary. So consuming these heavy metals can lead to developmental issues, immune system suppression, hypertension, and kidney damage in adults and children. Lead often seeps into cocoa beans through contact with dirty equipment like tarps, barrels, and tools. Cadmium contaminates cocoa beans by being present in the soil that they are grown in. As the beans mature, the level of cadmium increases. Some manufacturers are genetically modifying the cocoa beans to take less cadmium, like to absorb it less, or switching out trees for younger ones. I mean, they're, if they're genetically modifying now the the plant, like that's then we're getting into the issues with genetic modification of things. Like, how does our body even respond to that? That's like basically one of the major issues for I think people's health in the West is that we're eating so much GM food and our body is so out of whack because of it. You know, but that's I, I'm digressing. I feel like that's a topic for another day. So the I think the heavy metal is like the biggest issue for me, by the way. But let's you know talk about copper. So chocolate is also high in copper, which is a heavy metal, um, but we do actually need this one in minuscule amounts for health, but it needs to be in delicate balance with a mineral that's also very important for our health called zinc. Zinc is an extremely important mineral that is calming and relaxing to our nervous system. It's also very good for fertility and hormone balance. Um, very good for if you have um, estrogen dominance, if you've been through IVF, for example, um, or have fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS. It helps to make neurotransmitters such as GABA and serotonin, which are calming to the brain. It's important for our immune system and fighting off infections. It's important for digestive function and healing and gut. And it's also very important as an antioxidant in the body. It's very good for sperm. Having excess copper levels drives a zinc deficiency in the body. So too much copper leads to zinc deficiency, which then you're losing all the benefit above and you're getting the toxicity of the copper. Copper toxicity then fires up the brain because as opposed to zinc being an antioxidant, copper is a pro-oxidant or free radical and acts as a neurotoxin, affecting your neurotransmitter um, production and ultimately driving anxiety symptoms and hormonal imbalances scary. Having copper toxicity also uh, causes individuals with very poor stress tolerance to have more anxiety and panic attacks. Not something you need uh, when you are going through fertility treatment. Now touching on copper and estrogen, they are intricately related. Copper toxicity and excess copper levels causes the body to hold onto estrogen and um, prevent its detoxification. And having excess estrogen levels and poor estrogen detoxification causes the body to hold on to copper. They tend to feed one another, creating a vicious cycle, more copper toxicity, more inflammation from having higher estrogen levels, bad for your fertility all around. The most common symptoms of copper toxicity and estrogen dominance include heavy periods, period pain, fibroids, endometriosis, PMS, anxiety, fatigue, migraines, um, digestive issues, bloating, cramping, IBS, and more. On top of these symptoms that many women suffer, having excess copper levels drives iron deficiency. I already mentioned how important iron was. It drives a variety of functions, including oxygen transport around the body, formation of red blood cells, energy production, and reducing brain fog and fatigue. Um, women are highly susceptible to iron deficiency, obviously because we bleed, even more so if our periods are heavy. 
and many women self-prescribe iron supplements, and even though it may improve their fatigue temporarily or a little bit, iron supplements block the absorption and utilization of zinc in the body. Ugh! You know, so we really got to be careful about what we're taking, which is, again, you know, why I try to have these informational sessions. And I usually prescribe iron in the form of, like, liver capsules, for example, or from food. Um, I talk about it in my book, The Ultimate Fertility Guidebook, you know, good source food sources of iron and how to get the right versions of things. Um, because, again, like, depending on your cocktail of supplements, it could be working for or against you. You can read it out of a book and you can self-prescribe, but, you know, that might not be taking into account some of the interactions of how these work together. And, by the way, more is not better. You know, sometimes it's really just refining it to what is needed for your particular case. And in lieu of taking a million supplements, I also often recommend Chinese herbal formulas that have a variety of herbs in it that are made specifically for your case. In conclusion, eat minimal amounts of chocolate, if any, eat raw and well-sourced chocolate. So, you know, ones that say on the package that they are, you know, not contaminated or just smaller brands, not these big brands that, you know, are sourcing from big farms. And again, raw, you don't want superheated versions. There's a lot of raw chocolate out there these days. It's easily accessible. Do not consume it in cases of a lot of GI distress. So if you have acid reflux, if you have constipation, chocolate is not really your friend. And also be careful about caffeine. Chocolate is highly caffeinated. Um, like I know that there have been times that I've had like a couple thing, uh, a couple squares of dark chocolate in addition to like a little bit of kombucha and tea and my anxiety goes through the roof because I'm just too high on caffeine, but also probably because of the copper imbalance. Um, that's like a really interesting um, interaction there. So chocolate, it's got some benefits, got some downsides, um, you know, choose carefully. Don't just eat it because you read an article that said dark chocolate is healthy until next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community. And I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode in order to make this podcast as helpful as possible. I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.